This podcast is a part of the Carbon Almanac Network of Podcasts. Hi, I'm Christina. I'm from Prague. Hi, I'm Jen, and I'm from Canada. Hi, I'm Ola Banji, and I'm from Nigeria. Hello, I'm Liki, and I live in Paris. Hi, I'm Brian, and I'm from New York. Welcome to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. In our conversations, we share ideas, perspectives, questions, and things we can actually do to make a difference. So don't be shy and join our Carbon Sessions because it's not too late. And welcome to a very special episode of Carbon Sessions. And I'm Liki. And today we are embarking on a journey inspired by the timeless tale of Charles Dickens' The Christmas Carol. But a little twist, okay? So because it's the holiday season and we're not just celebrating with joy and hope, and we're also taking this opportunity to dip into the heart of what these celebrations mean in the context of climate change. And today, Jen, Christina, and I will share our personal journeys, our Christmas past, present, and future, and reflect how these experiences intertwine with the broader challenges of climate change. And also think of those while less privileged. So our conversation will be guided by themes that resonate with both A Christmas Carol and Our Battle Against Climate Change, which are redemption, impact on future generations, empathy, generosity, and reflection. So get your drink and we'll explore how this, the spirit of the holiday can inspire us to be more conscious, compassionate, and proactive in our fight for a healthier planet. Okay? So... Let's do it. Are you ready? Ready. Ready. Okay. So I think we could start by sharing um, some memories from Christmas in the past and how this memory, um, how do you see these memories now in the context of climate change? And, um, and um, you know, you can share a moment of experience in your life when you realize the importance of climate change and how it is affected the way you want to celebrate Christmas today. So you want a memory and then... Memories, yeah. Of Christmas? Yeah, a celebration of um, like something that you really enjoyed as a child in the you know, past Christmas celebrations then that brought you a lot of joy. But then now that you, you, know, you understand a little bit more about climate change, um, how would you do differently? Oh. Yes, I have one. <laughs> um, when when I was growing up, um, we we came from a fairly um, not not a very wealthy background. So um, we had um, a single mom and uh, lived in places where uh, we didn't have a lot. And um, but one of the things we did at Christmas, I always remember that we had Christmas crackers, those Christmas um, paper things that you would share with your neighbor and you would pull on and then something would pop and then some toys would come out. And that was a tradition that um, I do remember having um, 
from the time I was small that we always had that. It was fun. And then everybody would wear their paper crowns for the dinner and uh, sit around with their paper king crowns on in different colors. And you get silly little toys in there. And when I became an adult and started hosting Christmas dinner, that was an important thing was always getting the Christmas crackers. Mm -hmm. And it was only a few years ago that I realized, what a waste. (laughs) First of all, (laughs) first of all, the little, um, the little spark that comes when you pull the, the little paper thing that makes a spark. Um, I, I don't know what that is, but it always has a little smell of chemical, like a sulfur smell. Um, so there's, there's something chemically in that, uh, ignition that makes the pop and the spark. Mm. And then what's inside are these, uh, you know, basically crappy little toys (laughs) that are made of plastic in plastic. And they're most of the time not useful. And most of the time end up going in the garbage or being put in a donation box or something. So I thought, why spend all the money on these Christmas crackers and the packaging they come in and all of the thing, all of all that it takes to make these things. Mm-hmm. And instead I make little table favors that usually in, involve um, food. Uh, so a little jar of sweets at each place with a name tag on it, or this year I'm going to make biscotti and everybody will get some biscotti with their wow. name on it at the table. So Christmas crackers have um, have gone in our tradition. Yeah, I've, re- I've just read an article in Claudia, I think, um, explaining your, what you've just explained. It's funny. It's something I've read um, a few days ago. Yeah, I was, I've, I haven't thought about it yet. What about you, Krishna? Christina, do you have something to share? Really? I, I realized when you were asking about uh, Christmas traditions and connection to climate change, um, I have to say, the way we celebrated Christmas, my grandparents celebrated Christmas, and the way I celebrated Christmas with my kids was so different. Um, and it, uh, with the presents, especially with smaller kids, it's really not about the present. It's more about the unwrapping. And, and really, the surprise part of it, what's in there, the curiosity and the surprise. And I realized when I was little, the way we celebrated Christmas, that one of the rooms were closed in the house, like usually a living room. And that's when on 24th, secretly parents uh, set up Christmas tree. And uh, after Christmas dinner, there was a celebration that the door opened. And it was that moment of the surprise from the dark apartment there was a little Christmas tree and I was thinking maybe instead of buying more things so we get more surprise maybe we can create other surprises for Christmas time when you look into the future um, what are the celebrations that you want you want to keep and um for the future generations to keep. What, what are the celebrations that you think that you could keep and carry on in, in the future? I think I, I would love to keep the tradition of that magic and surprise. So any kind of, any kind of uh, 
games and surprises like the elves. They they have this elf on the shelf, uh, bringing in different days, different things, and hiding and appearing somewhere else. So creating experiences instead of uh, getting things and getting huge amounts of but maybe creating surprise and games. That's me. <laughs> yeah. So the tradition is more um, the emotion, the connection. Yeah. The spirit. Chen? That's, that's doable. It doesn't, you know, doesn't emit more carbon if you do it the right way. <laughs> we, have, um, we have a couple of traditions that happen on the same day. Um, we always have our Christmas a little bit early. I think I mentioned this before because... We have lots of people who have lots of obligations to be other places. So we're having our um, celebration on the 15th this year, which is very soon. Um, but there's two things in that tradition that have happened that I would like to carry forward. Well, three, actually. One of them is we have a great big, huge, massive mirror that hangs in our stairwell. And all of the uh, young women in the family take a picture together standing looking in that mirror and they call it the sister-ish picture <laughs> because some of them are actually sisters some are uh, stepsisters some are sisters-in-law and some are cousins and some are just friends and so they all stand and they've got pictures over the years standing in front of this mirror <laughs> so we have to take the mirror with us when we move and find another place for it so they can take this picture because it's so fun to see the picture over the years um, and that's that's just a really neat tradition and then uh, we have this tradition of playing this game which I also think I told you about where everybody has to wrap something up from their home that they don't want anymore and put it under the tree and then we play a game and everybody goes home with something but it's something no one has bought the rule is you're not allowed to buy it some people cheat which which i keep warning them about <laughs> it needs to be something you already have that you just don't want anymore that would be fun for somebody else to have so um so that's the game and then the third thing is that we have a basket and people put money into the basket without names on it or anything. And we take all of that money and we support um, students in Guatemala uh, for going to school. And it's about $350 per uh, young girl to go to school in Guatemala. And the families can't afford to send them usually after about grade five or six. So this is to help girls who want to go to high school, go to high school. And um, so we've been able to support uh, two or three girls um, at Christmas because we don't need any more stuff. And this seems like instead of spending money on each other, let's do something good for someone else. So I'd like that tradition, doesn't matter what it is, but I'd love that generosity tradition to continue um, with this, uh, this gathering. And our focus is having fun, you know, connecting, eating good food, and then doing something for someone else. So I hope... I hope that carries on after we're not able to host anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I have two traditions. Um, one that I can carry for the rest of our lives. And the other one, I'm not really sure. The first one is, I, if you remember, I told you about you know, um, when my nephews were 
um, six and ten or six and nine. I'm very bad with ages, but when they were little and I bought them uh, toys, and then they said, "Oh, it's for babies. We don't want it anymore." And then the next year, um, I gave them like you know some collected items, and then and then starting from the year after. Um, what I used to, but I'm still doing it, is I gift them, um, I gift meals on their behalf to through an app, uh, which is called Share a Meal. I don't know if you um, if you're aware of it. It's a, it's a very cool app on your phone. You can buy meals for people that have no food. And uh, basically, when I'm talking about people that have no food, I think that um, I have bought meals for kids in uh, uh, in Madagascar, in Haitia, some places in um, I think I've bought one year in Syria, and um, because they obviously they have everything. Those very small kids. So I what I did, and this is a tradition that I've been carrying since they they refused the toys I bought them, um, is to gift on their behalf meals to other kids in need. Um, I'm not sure that they see the value of it, but I'm sure that they will one day. <laughs> so that is something, that, that's a tradition that has been going on and I think that I can carry on for a very, very long time. It's again um, around the theme of generosity and uh, giving. But the other thing that I'm not very optimistic about it is that we have, um, we in my family I have a very big family. I have, um, I have three sisters and a brother and, um, and lots of nieces and nephews. So we have a very big family. And for the past few years, we've been going to like a chalet, a small, very nice wooden house in the Alps. And, uh, and it's, it's really nice. You know, it's a very traditional, um, I'm going to set, to take some pictures and and uh, share them with you when I'll come back. It's like it's made of stone and um, and wood, and it's very cozy with a fireplace, like in the middle of nowhere. It's the middle of nowhere with three or four houses, and that's it. And the ski slopes are not very far away. But the problem with um, mountains and skiing is that there are less and less snow, and uh, it will be from a um, environmental perspective will be very very costly to keep this um this this um this mountains this result because um because then uh, they need to get artificial snow which is you know which requires them pumping the water in the rivers or from you know on the water that could be used otherwise for agriculture and then use a lot of electricity to pump and make this fake snow so um, the mayor of this village has already planned to seize the skiing activity. Um, not in the near future, but I think it's in 15 or 20 years because um, scientists has predicted that there will be no natural snow, um, reliable natural snow for the resort to be um, economically, financially viable. So. That's a tradition that I would love to carry forward, but I don't think that, oh, we need to find another place. But I don't think that skiing is a, it's a, it's a bankable, <laughs> we should say that, so an investment for the future because um, it will be more and more difficult, in, at least in Europe. So Jen, you were talking about, you were talking about students earlier. And so that's a question I would like to ask you uh, and Christina, and how do you think that your holiday celebration can be more 
inclusive and uh, consider more considerate for those who are less privileged. That could be less privileged for economic reasons, but also for for uh, environmental reasons. So, how can we do more and be more inclusive and uh, share more, share more, show more empathy and have more this sense of community? Oh, um, I mean, you are a pastor, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's and, that's a question for you. And one of one of the things that. Um, that we all know is that everyone has their hand out at Christmas, right? There's, there's uh, requests coming from every sector. You get people outside of stores with ringing jingle bells, asking for donations. You get asked at the checkout, you get asked on email relentlessly, you get asked at church and community events, you get asked um, by snail mail, actual mail coming in to donate um, and, and there's so many good causes and it's, it's hard because it's a time when, you know, there's a lot of money going in and out and it's tough for some people. We're, we're having a struggle here with the cost of, um, groceries and utilities. And I know a lot of people are cutting down, um, on that. And so one of the things I think about is, is a planning donations, like we plan to donate to the food bank in December and plan, you know, plan some things that we're going to donate to as a family um, and, and have to say no to a lot of the other ones, but at least plan all year to be able to give some money when it's asked to certain things that we care about. Um, but the other thing is to reduce expectations um, mm. in the family and, um, and reduce expectations amongst colleagues like you know everyone's struggling and so why why stress and put things on credit cards and go into debt like what is it about the expectation because sometimes people equate the value and the wonder of the gift with how much you are loved and appreciated and that's false (laughs) right that's just a false uh, equation and so is there a way that everyone can have a conversation in November that says, let's just not, or let's do something different, or let's draw names if, if a gift is a must, or let's, you know, do some, make our gifts for each other. They have to be handmade and they have to be a certain price limit or something. Like, is there a fun way you can have, have the fun, but at the same time, reduce the stress and and the debt load in the new year and you know all of that on each other and maybe have a little bit more room for being able to drop some money into one of those you know jingle bell bins when you're walking by or 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 whatever like is there a way that this can be rethought that you don't have to have like we just came through good friday and cyber monday and you know it's relentless bye 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 but you don't have to play the game. <laughs> you don't have to play the game. And I love what you said about, you know, giving the baby in the family some things that are fun <laughs> to open and wrap because that's just so true. You know, I asked my daughter what my two-year-old grandson would like for Christmas and she want, wanted me to find an old-fashioned Sony Walkman. They don't even make them anymore. I found one at a thrift store. 
She's so excited. I found one accidentally, you know, and I found some old cassette tapes. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to put some little fun things in with it, but. You can record a message. Can you record a message before on the cassette tape? Oh, I should. I should. I should find a cassette that I can record on. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, So, so it's, 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 you know, we don't have to play this game and we can, we can, there's scientific evidence that you find happiness within if you do for others. Um, And that is scientifically proven that if you're not feeling very good inside, if you go and do something for someone else, it will improve your inner, uh, your inner self. And so, um, yeah, it's just, it's just, we don't have to get stuck in this uh, consumeristic carbon infested rat race. (laughs) We don't have to. That's my rant and my sermon for today. (laughs) Sorry. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, it's uh, the community and connection. I think uh, a lot of people feel exactly what you Jen described, this uh, stress or, well, I didn't buy big enough gift or I didn't um, invite somebody because we didn't have enough enough fancy enough dinner for Christmas dinner. I think the connection and maybe even going to retirement homes or connecting with some people during the year and stopping by during the holidays because that's where people feel really alone but they're alone and I know a lot of people over 80 most of them say well I don't have anybody everybody died on me I don't have anybody to chat with, connect with. And uh, so maybe remember those people. And I was thinking about the donations. Also, I think it's important where when you donate, check out, at least in the U.S., there is a, you can check out how, what's the percentage they give to real cause and what's the percentage they give to themselves the organization so I would think that would be really smart to before you donate check the places you donate to to know where you're donating yeah yeah we're pretty strategic about about that kind of thing and, yeah and and donate a fair bit because it's just part of what we want to do but yeah but it, it it's overwhelming the requests yeah. right yeah I always wait I uh we had this uh my mother-in-law came up we always give to some organizations instead of to each other after kids grow up. And my mother, although many years ago, she was giving out to the Heifer Foundation. And uh, I, they were, in the beginning, they were buying, I don't know what they do now, but in the many years ago, they were buying goats for the farmers. And, and, uh, and then I heard uh, from India uh, the scientists talking about please do not send us goats they destroy our farmland so also think about long term impact on other people Yeah, that's what I was thinking that Christmas I remember that 
I was like, oh no, I destroyed people's formula. Yeah, because I guess that's in the act of giving this to to um uh, two goals is one goal is for to please the receiver and of the gift, but the other goal is to please ourselves, you know, the giver. So yeah. sometimes we want to make a very, very big gift that is disproportionate or it's not always wanted by the the receiver. So that's that's we have to be yeah. aware of that. Yeah. Check both sides. <laughs> On both sides, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think it, it, it's very important, you know, when you give something, uh, when you make a gift or contribution to a community, just think of, you know, okay, how will that interact with the receiver or the community of the receiver yeah um, what's the impact that's not only on the environment but also on the people and culture uh, yeah yeah um, because I, it's something i'm i'm thinking um these days because um 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 i'm very stingy with my family for christmas this year because um because i have decided i'm going to um use my money to buy gifts for the um, the hospital staff because my father is going through um, radiotherapy and um, and so he goes there um, well actually in November December almost every day and they're wonderful at the hospital um, the staff that are helping not only my father but the whole you know people taking care of people that are sick and uh, and I wanted to give them a gift to each of them but I have to be very strategic because. It's a very big department, so <laughs> I have to think of how I'm going to, to um, you know, within my um, within the, the, my financial means, I'll give a meaningful gift to each of them, and thinking of the consequences because I don't want to create any problem with the department either. So, <laughs> we had some we had some creative gifts given, like when when somebody got engaged one of our daughters is a really good photographer and her gift was uh engagement photos for the couple mm -hmm. and she would go out with them at sunset at a beach and take really beautiful photos and you know and she's done that for a couple of other family members as a gift she's not a professional she just loves to take pictures and she's really good at it and then um you know we've had other people offer babysitting and you know there's different services you can do for people that are wonderful gifts when you get to cash them in <laughs> and uh and and aren't aren't things you know um so it's you know what can i what can i i can watch the children while you you go off for dinner you know or something like that um just gifts of service to other people um, and I remember that we had an auction once years ago at one of the churches. It was called a talent auction. And it was where everybody put up things that they would do, like, I'll come to your home and cook dinner for six of you or something, you know, or I'll come and fix something in your house or whatever it was. It was things that people were really good at that they would offer as a gift to whoever was buying it at auction. And it was so fun. You know, sometimes it was, I will compose a song for your loved one. <laughs> you know, it was whatever you were good at, you would do as a gift. And one year we bought a visit from Santa. 
Oh. And it was a great big fellow who had real black motorcycle boots, a real Santa suit, and a real beard. Maybe it was real Santa. <laughs> I didn't tell anybody, and he showed up on Christmas at our family when my kids were kind of small and I had given him little gifts before he got there and little instructions on each person. And he stayed for about 45 minutes and everybody kept saying, who is that? And I kept saying, it's Santa. <laughs> Cause he was a stranger. I didn't really know who he was, but I'd gone to this event and this was a, a talent auction. And this was one of the gifts, right? One of the prizes. So, you know, you can, you can you can bake cookies with someone, you know. Um, go and take a you know take some time and make some cookies with someone and visit them as a gift, right? Like there's lots of different things you can do that don't involve carbon or purchasing things. Anyway, yeah, that reminds me. My kids did that. They made little booklets with these services. Like I'll do the dishes. One hug. <laughs> 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 oh, it was so cute. I still have the booklets. I did not give the, the instructions away, but it was so beautiful. So much more fun. That is beautiful. Now, because I was going to ask you um, to reflect on the, you know, our understanding of climate change and, and past experiences about how would be the ideal Christmas in, let's say, 10 or 20 years time. But I think we've covered that a lot, like gifts uh, that are um, that actually don't cost a lot of money uh, to and doesn't cut, cost a lot of um, doesn't cost a lot of carbon footprint. And um, yeah, so it's about connection, joy, giving and hope. Sounds like Christmas to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Thanks, everyone. That was beautiful. <laughs> Happy holidays. Thank you. Happy holidays. You've been listening to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. We'd love you to join the Carbon Sessions so you too can share your perspectives from wherever you are. This is a great way for our community to learn from your ideas and experiences, connect, and take action. If you want to add your voice to the conversation, go to thecarbonalmanac.org slash podcasts and sign up to be part of a future episode. This podcast is also part of the Carbon Almanac Network. For more information, to sign up for the emails, to join the movement, and to order your copy of the Carbon Almanac, go to thecarbonalmanac.org. Be sure to subscribe and join us here again as together we can change the world.